Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's message. Our hope with this content is that it would help you come to know Jesus, follow Jesus, and lead others to do the same. If you're grateful for this word, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, and also you can partner with what Jesus is doing here at Elevate City through giving. There's a link below for that as well. Here's today's message. I can't wait for you to hear it. If you're new, my name is Joey, and to catch you up on the story, uh, Elevate City is a new church. It was started a little bit over a year and a half ago. And uh, to be totally honest, I don't even feel like we've gotten the opportunity to hit our stride yet. Anybody with me? Um, I don't know if you can uh, tell or not, but 2020 wasn't like the most optimal time to start a church. You know what I'm saying? Um, there were a couple of obstacles that stood in the way, and even still, I am amazed at all that God has accomplished in just a short amount of time. I'm amazed at the community that he's built. I'm amazed at the people that have met Jesus. I'm amazed at the amount of people who've gotten baptized in such a short amount of time. And yet, I don't think we've seen anything yet. Um, today, we're kicking off a new collection of talks titled Jesus People. Let me hear you say Jesus People. Jesus. All right, I'm gonna need you to say it with a little swagger, okay? One more time, say Jesus People. And uh, this is the people that we're becoming. Um, we are, over the next couple of weeks, going to look at this series, and it is designed to infuse visionary DNA into the life of our church. There are some truths that I want for us to be saturating into the deep parts of our soul. Um, over the next few weeks, you guys are going to learn why we started this church in the first place why a handful of people would sell their homes and move to a new city and be crazy enough, brave enough to not wait, but to go all in to start a new church in this city for generations and generations to come. And uh, I want these truths saturating in your soul because I really believe that as we get to the fall, that we're gonna see Jesus fling the gate wide open on Elevate City Church. Like I believe that we're gonna see more hands raised and we're gonna see more baptisms, and we're gonna see more new families come, and we're gonna see more relationships reconciled, and we're gonna see more people discipled. We're gonna see more missionaries sent out. We're gonna see more marriages start to happen here in Jesus' name, okay? Like even if we gotta to start to arrange some of them around here, we're gonna get some of you single people married up. I, <laughs> and then after that, we're gonna to start to see, uh, somebody's like, hallelujah, like I'll receive it. All right, let's just do this. Everybody who's single, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. All right, now look around. Look, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But we're gonna get some of y'all married up. And then after that, what we're gonna do, we're gonna start seeing more babies happen, okay? They're just gonna be popping out left and right so long as it's not me and Kayla, okay? Um, we can handle no more kids in the McLaughlin house. Do you know what it feels like to have three children? It feels like you're drowning and somebody hands you a baby, okay? That's what it feels like to have three children. And so no more children for us, but I do believe that more families are gonna be strengthened and built up and equipped to parent than ever before. And I believe that more stories are gonna get written and more dollars are going to be given and more lives are gonna be transformed by the person of Jesus than ever before. Anybody believe that with me, Elevate City, that the best is yet to come for this house? I really believe we ain't seen Jesus do anything yet, but what I want to do is I want for us to prepare. I want for you to get a vision for what it means to be a Jesus person and what it means for this to be a Jesus church and for how together we can join Jesus in his mission. I want for you to check this out. This is our culture. 
This right here, this is our culture. This is our creed. These statements are our DNA. These are the beliefs that inform our behavior. This is the set of ideals that have created this place. This is the aspirational vision of the kind of people that we want to grow into. Like culture is so important. This is who we are. If you've ever wondered why we do the things that we do or why we say the things that we say, you're getting ready to figure out because this is the heartbeat for why we started this thing in the first place. And so if you're new, I'm gonna catch you up throughout this story to go, this is what Elevate City is all about. This is who Elevate City is because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And I really think that this series is going to be just absolutely paramount for our church. I think that it's going to change the way that you think about church. I also think it's gonna change the way that you think about life. Because we can only be a Jesus church when we are all together becoming Jesus people. These have to be your values, your individual values, your life's values in order for it to really be the values of our church. And uh, I cannot wait for this collection. Um, if, you, if you miss a week, this is the series that you need to go back and watch online. You need to take a ton of notes, okay? How many of you know that people who take notes get extra mansions in heaven, okay? So take a ton of notes throughout this series, invite a ton of friends to this series and do not miss a minute of it because it's gonna shape the church that we're becoming. And I believe that as we get to the fall, we're gonna hit the ground running and God is gonna blow this thing up. Anybody believe that? Come on. All right, let me show you today, let me tell you today why we are Jesus people. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, Colossians chapter one, and this is the reason that we're Jesus people. This text right here is uh, quite possibly my, one of my favorite verses like in all of the Bible. And uh, if I had a dollar for every time I said that, we wouldn't have to take up an offering, okay? <laughs> Colossians chapter one, this is uh, what the apostle Paul writes about the person of Jesus. He says, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If, only if, indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all of creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a minister. I want to take this thing verse by verse today, and uh, I want to be totally honest. My goal is to overwhelm you. My goal is to like at times be like, okay, bro, we get it. <laughs> to make your hands sweat a little bit, to try to get this idea of why we would be Jesus people. Like, why wouldn't we be other people? Why wouldn't we be cat people? Anybody know a cat person, aka a bad person? Okay. Anybody know like a dog person? Spell it backwards, a God person. Hello, love dog people, okay? 
There are all kinds of people you can be in this life, right? You can be a fun person. You can be a quiet person. You can be a shy person. You can be a loud person. You can be a fashionable person. You can be a trendy person. You can be a hip person. You can be a political person. I want to I compel you. I want to plead with you to be a Jesus person. And I want to tell you why being a Jesus person is so important and why we have made up our minds to be Jesus people. Let's take this thing verse by verse. Um, We'll start it in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. We are Jesus people because because we were created in the image of God and you and I are called to image Jesus to the rest of the world. The reason that we're Jesus people is because Jesus has showed us what God is like and we are called to show the rest of the world what Jesus is like. That's what it means for us to be Jesus people. Jesus is what God wanted to say to the rest of the world. If you were to read the New Testament, God the Father preaches one sermon. Did you know that? In the New Testament, God the Father preaches one sermon and it happens at Jesus' baptism. And this is the sermon he preaches. He goes, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Sermon over. This right here, he's my son with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is all the father wanted to say to the whole world. Everything that God wanted to say to us is wrapped up in the person of Jesus. That's what it means for Jesus to be the image of God, that he is God's representative, that he is God's representation. And you know that we are absolutely a Trinitarian church. Like any of you are like really deep and theological and you're like, hold on brother, what about the Holy Spirit and what about the Father? Well, read the Bible. All they want is for you to know Jesus, okay? So yes, Holy Spirit, yes, Father, but they're all about pointing to Jesus, magnifying Jesus, shining a beaming light on the person of Jesus. That's what they want. That's what they desire. Did you know that Jesus is the only God that you will ever see with your eyes? Like when we get to heaven, the scriptures tell us that God the Father does not have a body. God the Holy Spirit does not have a body. Those members of the Trinity are both spirit and you will not see them. But when you get to heaven, you will see Jesus and he's still got holes in his hand and his feet are still pierced and there's a crown on his head, but it's not a crown of thorns. It's a crown fit for a king. And that's why we're Jesus people because we serve the high king of heaven. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Um, One theological note, it says the firstborn of all creation. I don't want for you to assume that Jesus was somehow created, okay? That word firstborn of all creation, what the apostle Paul is doing is he's using monarch royal language to indicate to us that Jesus has all of the rights of a prince that a prince would have in an earthly kingdom. So Jesus governs the same way that a prince would govern. He owns the same way that a prince would own. His father gave him everything and that's why we are Jesus' people. Verse 16, it says this, for By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. We are Jesus people because Jesus created people. We are Jesus people because Jesus created people. So like Raleigh, my daughter, she is a McLaughlin because Kayla and I made her. Her name is Raleigh because we made her in Raleigh, North Carolina, okay? I'm just kidding, okay? Some people are like, oh my gosh, that's awkward, that's uncomfortable. It happened in Vegas, all right? It happened in Vegas, I'm just kidding. 
But Raleigh's in McLaughlin because of her parents. And likewise, you and I, we're Jesus people because Jesus is the father of all creation. There is nothing that Jesus did not make. All things were made by him. Things that can and can't be seen. Things that can and can't be touched. Atoms, molecules, cells, um, grains of sand, specks of dirt, logic, theory, the human body and all of its complexity, emotion, the ocean, all of it was made by Jesus. He spoke it into being. He created it. All things were created by, through, and don't miss this part, for Jesus. For Jesus. Jesus, we are Jesus people because we were made for Jesus. Have you ever, um, have you ever needed to like treat yourself before? It's fine, girl, just treat yourself. Like you had a hard day at work, had to go get them nails did, had to go get that hair done. Maybe you want to swing by Dairy Queen, get some fries, extra salty, just treat yourself. When Jesus wanted to treat himself, do you know what he did? He made you and me. We were made for Jesus. We weren't made for ourselves. We weren't made for the weekend. We weren't made for Friday night. We weren't made for fashion. We were made for Jesus. That's why we're Jesus people. We are his design, his creation, his great gift to himself. If Jesus had a birthday, like I, I know we got Christmas, but because he was never born, he didn't have like a real birthday. He's always been. But if he did, the gift that he would have given himself is you and me, humanity. That's why we're Jesus people, created for him, for his glory, for his good pleasure. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We are Jesus people because Jesus is timeless. Jesus is timeless. Jesus is before all things, uncreated, always has been, always will be, does not have a beginning. We are Jesus people because Jesus doesn't go out of style. Jesus doesn't go out of vogue. Jesus doesn't come and go. Jesus doesn't lose his reputation. Jesus stands the test of time. I'm telling you today, don't be a fad person. Don't be a cultural person. Don't be a momentary person. Be a Jesus person. He is timeless, stood the test of time, split history in half. Jesus is before all things. But we are also Jesus people because everything falls apart without Jesus. In him, all things hold together. Marriages fall apart without Jesus. Relationships fall apart without Jesus. Friendships fall apart without Jesus. Churches fall apart. Without Jesus, lives fall apart. Without Jesus, Jesus is the one who, can, who has the power to hold all things together when everything else is falling apart. That's why we're Jesus people. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. We are Jesus people who make up a Jesus church because the church was Jesus' idea. We are Jesus people who make up a Jesus church because the church was Jesus' idea. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the brains behind this operation. Jesus is the chief senior pastor. Jesus is the only vote that should matter. Jesus is the architect. Jesus is building his church. The church is Jesus' bride. The church is Jesus' body. It was his invention, his conception. That's the reason that we're a Jesus people. That's the reason that this is a Jesus church because it was his idea in the first place. Maybe most importantly today, we are Jesus people because people don't rise from the dead, but Jesus did. We are Jesus people because people don't rise from the dead, 
but Jesus did. Jesus beat death. That's why we're Jesus people, because he conquered the grave. He put death in its place. He reigns victoriously over death. Life is found in his name and his name alone. We're Jesus people because we know we don't need to go looking for the next latest and greatest health thing. We don't need to go searching for the cure for cancer. We don't need to try to extend our life. We don't fear death because we know eternal life is found in Jesus' name. That's why we're Jesus people. We're Jesus people because he conquered the grave. Verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Don't miss this part. We are Jesus people because everything we could ever want is found in Jesus. We are Jesus people because everything we could ever want is found in Jesus. Think about this. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, pumped to hang out in, um, so pumped to make this his home in Jesus. And so like everything you could ever want, every joy you could ever find, every strength you could ever, ever need, every bit of acceptance you could ever long for, every glory you would ever want to see, any majesty you would ever want to marvel at, any beauty you would want to gaze upon, any pleasure you would want to feel, all of that is wrapped up in the person of Jesus. Everything else in this life is a vain pursuit, an empty pursuit. It pales in comparison to him. All the fullness of God, of deity, of creation is wrapped up in the person of Jesus. Think about how good he is. There is, this means the fullness of life is in Jesus. The fullness of love is in Jesus. The fullness of purpose is in Jesus. The fullness of family is in Jesus. The fullness of completeness, of peace, it's all in him. Everything you're searching for It's found in Jesus, and that's why we're Jesus people. Verse 20, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We are Jesus people because we've got his blood flowing through our veins. We are Jesus people because we've got his blood flowing through our veins. It's like on Calvary, a blood transfusion happened of sorts, whereby Jesus took all of your sinful, wicked, wrong, rebellious blood, crucified it on a cross, transfused to you and I his sinless, holy, innocent, royal blood, making us new people, causing us to be in the family of God. On the cross, Jesus goes, I will take all of the things that are in you that are broken and that are rebellious and that keep you from God, and I will give you the sonship that I have. That's why we're Jesus people, because he punched our adoption stamp. He brought us into the family. He paid our debt. That's why we're Jesus people. We are Jesus people because Jesus took our punishment. He canceled the record of debt that stood against us. He paid for our sins, bought our forgiveness. He came and got us, rescued us, saved us, redeemed us, died so we can live, brought us back to God, made us new, made us holy without reproach. We are Jesus people because he is our defender. He is our lawyer. When God looks at Jesus people, he doesn't see people. He sees Jesus. He doesn't see your wrong or your error or your mistakes or your gossip or your lies or your lust or your pride or your shame or your anger. He sees Jesus. He is our advocate. He's our treasure. He's our everything. This is why we're Jesus people. But the big but today, but, 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 we are only Jesus people if, verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, 
not shifting, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Let me tell you a story. It was 7.51 a.m. on November 29th, 1979, when uh, Air New Zealand Flight 901 left New Zealand with 258 people on board to go on a sightseeing tour around Antarctica and back. Without the pilots knowing, somebody had modified the coordinates to the flight plan by a mere two degrees. However, over the course of some 3,000 miles, this adjustment of just two degrees caused the pilots to be 28 miles away from where they thought that they actually were. It was 9.01 a.m. when the ground um, system started to make noises and flashes, the ground proximity system, and the pilots began to panic. Very quickly, quickly the engineer started to roll off the, 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 the numbers of the altitude that were very quickly going down. By the second, the pilot requested go around power, and six seconds later, Air New Zealand Flight 901 crashed into a mountain, killing all 258 people on board. It was an error that was brought about by a shifting of just a few degrees. I need you to know today that most of the mistakes in a life and in relationships and in churches are an error of just a few degrees, of just getting a little bit off course, of just shifting ever so slightly to the right or to the left, of forgetting what the main thing is actually about. And I'm here to tell you today that we are never going to shift from the hope that is found in Jesus. Our aim, our focus, our purpose is always going to be him. He is the goal. He is the treasure. He is the lead story. He is who we want to shine a light on. He is the hero. He is who we sing to. He is who we celebrate. We are Jesus' people. A lot of churches become different kinds of people. You see, to be Jesus' people, it means that we're not religious people. We're not political people, and we're not conservative people, and we're not traditional people. It means that we are sold out to be Jesus-centered, grace-saturated, gospel-standing people. It's who we are. It means that we don't make our allegiance primarily attached to anybody other than Jesus. I am not an American first. I'm a Jesus person first. I'm not a McLaughlin first. I'm a Jesus person first. I'm not a millennial first. I'm a Jesus person first. I'm not a Republican first or a Democrat first. I'm a Jesus person first. I make nothing else primary other than the person of Jesus. I'm not trying to make my life about any name or anything other than him. How centered is your life today? When you think about church, what is it for today? Because we've got to have an aim. We've got to know where we're going. We've got to know where we're headed so that we don't get off course. Is church about being a good person? If you think that it is, you've gotten off course today. Is church about finding community? If it is, I want for you to know you've gotten ever so slightly off course today. Is church about being comfortable? You've gotten off course today. Is church about just like learning the Bible? If it is, you've gotten off, 
you've gotten off course today. Is church about whether or not you like the music? If it is, you've gotten off course today. Do you know what church is about? Church is about Jesus. It's his idea. It's for his glory. It's so that more people know Jesus and so that people know Jesus more. That's what church is for. It's so that more people know Jesus and so that people know Jesus more. We cannot shift. We can't get off course. We can't make this about something else. It is always, only, and ever going to be about him, about his glory, about his kingdom, about his name, and about his renown. And when we make it about something else, everything crashes and burns to the ground. This is why we're a Jesus church. This is why we must be a Jesus people. We don't shift our focus from the gospel. Churches that shift their focus from the gospel and onto something else die. They shift from the gospel and onto maintenance. They shift from the gospel and onto their members. They shift from the gospel and onto social justice. They shift from gospel onto entertainment. They shift from the gospel onto legalism. But Jesus' churches stand on the gospel, the free gift of salvation for all who believe which means Jesus' people aren't religious people. They aren't works-based people. They don't try to earn their citizenship. They don't buy their way to heaven. Jesus' people stand firmly planted in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus' people don't act like they're better than anybody else. Jesus' people don't act like they've got it all together. Jesus' people know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And what we all desperately need is more of Jesus. That's what Jesus people know. Jesus people realize that regardless of sin, regardless of skin, regardless of title or income or class or gender or race, that Jesus is their greatest need and the truest thing about them, that we are all one in Jesus. Do you know why I'm a Jesus person? Because it's only Jesus that can take people from all walks of life, from different backgrounds and different colors and different races and different languages and different socioeconomic statuses and different political views and go, none of that matters as much as him. Only Jesus can unify a country that is as divided as ours is today. That's why I'm a Jesus person because his blood is bigger than it all. And his blood can bring it all together. So that's like, why we are Jesus people, but what does it like look like to be a Jesus person? Okay, Joey, I'm in, you're right, that's very compelling. The dude who created everything, owns everything, made me for himself, the one who conquered death, the fact that he would wanna give me a blood transfusion and make me innocent and holy and a child of the living God, the fact that he's timeless and that he doesn't go out of style, the fact that he spoke everything into existence, the fact that he can hold my life together, my marriage together, my family together, my kids together, the fact that he could bring all these people together to form one family, a new society, a new kingdom. Yeah, you're right, he's worthy of all glory, of all honor all praise how do I do it what does it look like for my life for me to be a Jesus person I'm so glad you asked Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says this if then you've been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, Jesus' people die to themselves and they live for Jesus. Jesus' people die to themselves and they live for Jesus. Jesus' people don't prioritize their preference. 
Jesus people elevate Jesus' purpose. They say, I care more about his purposes in the earth than I care about my personal preference. That's what it looks like to be a Jesus person. Jesus people ask the question, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus prioritize? Who would Jesus love? How would Jesus serve? How selfless would Jesus be? Jesus people don't live for now. No, they don't. Jesus people don't live for here. Jesus people live for heaven. Jesus people lay stuff down. Jesus people give stuff up. Jesus people go without to gain their reward in heaven. Jesus people say, I know what I'm doing right now doesn't make any sense to those around me. I know that my friends aren't impressed. I know that my family might not be pumped. I know that everyone thinks that I've gone a little crazy and that I've lost my mind. But it's okay because I'm not living for here and now. I'm living for an audience of one and his name is Jesus. That's how Jesus people live. I might not want to do this. I might not like doing this, but I know I need to do this because I am dead. Me is forgotten. My life is over and it's about getting his life into the lives of more people. So what does it mean for us to be a Jesus church? It means Jesus is our message. It means that Jesus is our message. Here, I wanna read it for you in Colossians chapter one and um, verse 26. And I'm gonna read it in the message version. And I don't normally do this, okay? But I just think that it's so beautiful and it just so captures the essence of this text. And so if you like need to read it in like the ESV or NKJV or NIV or NASB or what other, whatever other letters make you feel more holy than the rest of us, then uh, you do that later. But I'm gonna read it in this version today. Some people are like, what is he even talking about? Others of you feel very called out. <laughs> Verse 26, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. Regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is just this, Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Jesus, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic, Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. How beautiful is that? The apostle Paul goes, what it means to be the church, what it means to do ministry is to just show everybody that life is all about Jesus and that it's available to everyone. That, that there's this God who wants to live on the inside of you, unlocking glory and beauty and depth and wholeness and purpose. There's this message that breaks chains and that, bring, that sets captives free and that brings prodigals back home and it's available to everyone. And so we just got to give our lives to get this message in front of more and more and more people. That's what it means to be a Jesus church, to say that Jesus is our message. Jesus is who we talk about. Like my goal every single week is to preach about Jesus with so much passion that it makes you want to punch Satan in the face. 
Like I literally, I want for you to know that Jesus is so good and that he's so worth it and that he's so real and that he's got so much available for your life that you look at everything that's set against you. You look at the enemy that's trying to trip you up. You look at the obstacles that stand in your way and you say, I'm gonna keep on marching because Jesus is worthy. I'm just trying to get you to have a vision for the fact that life is all about Jesus, that all that's gonna matter in the end is Jesus, that everything that you're searching for is Jesus, that what can truly satisfy is Jesus. Like you can just be certain, like if you're ever wondering, like what series are we in? It doesn't matter because we're just gonna talk about Jesus, okay? Like if you've been here, you know, like I teach on money and I'm like, well, I'm really just talking about this today to tell you about Jesus, okay? Like marriage, I'll be like, okay, so let me tell you like what would make a great husband and a great wife. Jesus is the best husband that anybody could ever have, okay? All right, let's just talk about like a gossip and like, you know, what we said, you know, that Jesus was on the cross and that although he could judge everybody guilty that he was silent and said nothing. I'm just gonna tell you about Jesus. It's all gonna come back to him. Who are we singing to? Jesus. Who are we preaching about? Jesus. What's the topic of conversation? Jesus. Who does the money go to? Joey. No, I'm just kidding. It goes to... Jesus, right? It's, it's Jesus. It's about getting his mission in front of more people, his message in front of more people. It's all about Jesus. That's what this church is for. The reason that we get in groups is for you to be able to like figure out more of who Jesus is. The reason we go on mission trips is so that people who don't know about Jesus can know about Jesus. The reason that we take you through Equip is so that you can have a greater understanding of Jesus. Like we don't read the Bible just to read the Bible. We read the Bible to know more of Jesus. We don't pray just to check off a religious box. We pray to talk to Jesus. We don't just gather here so that we can go through the motions of religion. We gather here in this room, in this space to meet with Jesus, to believe that somehow through his spirit, he visits with us. He speaks to us. He inhabits the praise of his people. He walks through a room and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory. And you know you've seen him. You know you've encountered him and you can't leave the same. We get together week in and week out so that people know Jesus more and so that more people come to know Jesus. That's what it means to be a Jesus church. It means that we're not going to major on minors. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's you knowing more of Jesus. Church isn't about church. Church is about Jesus. The steeple doesn't guarantee that this is a church. The cross on top of the steeple doesn't guarantee that this is a church. A church with like a name on a church sign, it doesn't guarantee that this is a church. Jesus at the center is what makes this a church. Being about more people knowing Jesus and people knowing Jesus more. You know, everybody has a message in life. Everybody has a message in life. The clothes you wear and the way that you talk and the car you drive and the house you live in, it's, it's, it's the message that you're communicating to the people around you, the job that you work, the uh, school that your kids go to, the things that you post on social, everybody's got a message that they're communicating in life. Like brands have messages, right? Like what's Nike's message? Nike's message, just do it, right? What's Chick-fil-A's message? Eat more chicken. What's Apple's message? Think different, okay, it's think different. What's Microsoft? <laughs> what's Microsoft's message? We wanna be like Apple, okay, that's. <laughs> Microsoft's message. Everybody has a message, right, that they're communicating to the world. Can I tell you this? God's message is Jesus. That's what God wanted to say to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. 
I so love you that I want you to know what I'm about and who I'm like. So let me just send my son Jesus because he can tell you everything about me. And you and I are called to join God in that message of putting Jesus on display for the rest of the world, for letting them know that what they're looking for is him. So let me ask you today, what message are you preaching to the rest of the world? If you were to ask your friends and your family and your neighbors and your coworkers, what is the message of your life? Is the message of your life get more money? Is the message of your life have more things? Is the message of your life make yourself happy? I mean, the world gives you so many different messages. Be true to your heart, follow your dreams, acquire all you can, see the planet, have a family, explore sexual experiences. What is the message that you've bought into and what is the message that you are selling the rest of the world? When you look at your life and the way that you spend your time and the way that you spend your words and the way that you spend your money and the things that you prioritize and the way that your schedule is shaped and the rhythms that you have and um, the grid that you use to make decisions and the values that inform your parenting and the things that you say no to and the things that you say yes to, uh, what is the message that you're saying to the rest of the world? Would people have to ask a lot of questions would they have to do a lot of research? Would they have to do a lot of digging to know that it's Jesus? I really think that this is something that should rest heavy on us because we are a pretty bold, pretty blatant, pretty demonstrative Jesus church. And if you were to go to our Millen campus, you'd walk in and in the lobby, there are these literal like eight foot letters that say, elevate the name of Jesus. We've got a big banner if you've been with us in movie theaters and Marriott's and throughout the journey that just says Jesus over everything. It's on two trailers plastered back there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about who we're about. We are out there bold. It's not some ambiguous, generic religion that's gonna be self-help and make you feel better about yourself. It's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. It's about Jesus. I'm just looking for a group of people who understand that the fullness of life, that the point of life is found when you make that your life too. And you go, my message is Jesus. What I want the world to see is less of me and more of Jesus. I want for them to know how good he is. I want for them to know that he is the bread of life that meets all of my needs, that he is the water that cleanses my soul, that he is the light that guides my step, that he is the peace that surpasses all understanding, that he is the vine that keeps me connected when everything else is pulling me away, that he is my sustainer, that he is my hiding place, that he is my refuge, that he is my the only bridegroom, the only obsession, the only passion, the only thing worth pouring out my life for. You've got to be a church that is full of people who understand that this man and this message is our mission. Our mission is to get him on display for as many people as possible. So do you know the good news? The good news is that you can invite your friends to church week in and week out, and you can know that this is going to be a church that's full of grace and truth full of grace and full of truth, full of trying to remove all of the religiosity that Jesus has had dumped on him, trying to take him out from the stained glass that he's been trapped in, 
trying to remove all the barriers that culture and society and politics have put on him and go, no, let me show you who he is. He's a real man, a real person who died on a real cross so you could be really forgiven of your sin. And he is really coming again. He's going to split open the skies and he's going to bring his people home. He offers grace and hope and healing and life to all who will believe. He doesn't want for you to join a religion. He wants for you to step into relationship. A, a, a lawyer, he asked Jesus, he goes, what's What's the most important commandment? What's life all about? And Jesus, he quotes Deuteronomy, and he says, um, he, he says uh, the greatest commandment is this, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second is like it, that you'd love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything God hopes for you, dreams for you, desires for you is wrapped up in you understanding that life is best lived with a relationship with Jesus at the center. Jesus is trying to pull you deeper into relationship today, not deeper into religion, not deeper into church attendance, deeper into a wild, robust, real, life-giving relationship with him. And that's the message that we're trying to get in front of more people. Not be a better person, not clean yourself up because you can't, not get your act together, get to Jesus, get to him. Try to run back to him. I don't care what your week has been. I don't care what your last night was. I don't care what sin you're entangled in. Just come get to Jesus. Come get to his feet. Come receive his grace. Come find a fulfillment that is found in his name. That's why we gather week in and week out. Just come, come get a little bit closer to Jesus. Come learn a little bit more about his character. Come learn a little bit more about how he sees life. Come get his vision for life. Come get his language on your lips. Come learn his priorities. Come learn his patterns. Come learn his yoke that is easy and his burden that is so light. It's what I want for a generation, for a generation to rise up and to be the Jesus generation, not the church generation, not the religion generation, not the let's dig wells in Africa generation. I love all of that, okay? I want it to be about him because he's all that's going to matter in the end. Trends come and they go, but Jesus stays forever. Jesus is our message. Let's pray together. Jesus, I just am so grateful that you have opened a community's eyes to see that life is truly all about you. God, I thank you that you're building a community here that is taking seriously your son and your word and your gospel and your mission. God, I really believe that when we know who we are, that we'll know what to do. We'll know how to live. We'll know who to love. We'll know who to serve. We'll know what obedience looks like. And so, God, I just pray today that you'd help us know more of Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us do a hard inventory of our lives and ask the question, where something else is leading, where something else is guiding other than you. Jesus, I pray that you would help to show up in more of our conversations. Jesus, I pray that you'd help to show up in more of our bank account statements. Jesus, I pray that you would be on our schedule more often. Jesus, I pray that you'd be in our mind more consistently. 
Jesus, I pray that you'd show up in our dreams. Jesus, I pray that you'd hold us in our fears. God, I pray that you'd help us get to a point where we have thought about it long enough and hard enough and real enough to see that there's nothing else out there that's going to satisfy like you. take a second and just tell you the Jesus story really quick. The Bible says that God created everything and that he did it through his son, Jesus, all that can be seen in the world, the sky and the mountain and the oceans and animals and people that were created by this God. And it's because he wanted us to experience love, but there's this big problem and it's called sin. We rebelled against him and we chose the creation over the creator. We said, Jesus, you're fine and dandy, but I just want your stuff. So we chose, Eve did it, Adam did it in a garden of fruit and said, I'd rather have this thing that God made over God himself and all of us who joined Adam and Eve in that journey of preferring the creation over the creator and of trying to find the life that Jesus provides in something other than him. So God has set it up where if we made that choice that we would be moved out of relationship with him, sentenced to eternal death. But God, who is rich in mercy while we were yet sinners, sent Jesus to die for us. Jesus stepped onto the scene 2,000 years ago as a real man who lived in Jerusalem and first century Palestine and he fulfilled prophecy and he healed people and preached sermons and he was murdered on a Roman cross. And he died as a substitute. He traded places with all of humanity who deserved death for rebelling against God so that he could give us his life. Paul says it like this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Jesus died on the cross on Friday, but he rose victoriously on Sunday, proving that he is God and that he is what life is all about. But there's this response. And it's saying, I wanna make Jesus the message of my life. I wanna put Jesus over everything, over every priority, over every goal, over every day, over every moment, over every decision in every relationship. And if you've never done that today, I want for you to know that me and my friends, we sold homes and we moved to a new city and we left jobs we loved and came here so that you could hear that message. And I just wanna give you an opportunity to respond to it today. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, just pray this, say, Jesus, I need you. I need your love in my heart. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. I believe you're coming again. I crown you king of my life today. If you prayed that prayer, if you received the message of Jesus today, I just wanna mark the moment by celebrating with you. And so people, man, they're not looking around. I am, and I just want to just celebrate with you that you made the most important step you've ever made in your life today. And so every head bowed, every eye closed, on the count of three, will you just raise your hand saying, I made Jesus my message today. I give my life to him. One, two, three. 
Yeah, amen. Amen, come on. Can we celebrate? Somebody gave their life to Jesus today.